Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. For those of you who are new to the show, each week we explore topics that support the idea that everything is interconnected and in relationship. This week, we are going to look at the types of energy that can't be seen with our five senses, but can be felt and observed with our subtle senses. Most of us have had the experience of walking amongst trees in a park, listening to a quiet fountain, a babbling brook, the sound of waves, or being in the mountains, or even sitting on or beside large rocks. Without doing anything, after a short period of time, we begin to respond to the sounds, smells, and sights of nature. On a more subtle level, we are instinctively responding to the energy that the various types of life forms emit, some of which are calming and others stimulating. Many of you have had the experience of choosing to take a few slow breaths, which allow the mind and the body to sync up. And if we continue to focus on the breath coming in and out of our body, our breath slows and we begin to quiet, center, and eventually become one with our environment. Today, we are going to look at the life force within us and the life force around us and how that energy can be used for healing, renewing, or simply breathing into Our guest is Lisa Fontanella, a Reiki practitioner who uses gemstones and rocks for designing jewelry as well as touchstones. She recently published a children's book. I first met Lisa when she lived in Edmonton and was involved in a study on the effects of using Reiki for pain management. So let's welcome Lisa today and find out what she's been up to. Hi, Lisa. Well, hello, Catherine. It is a joy to be here with you today. Thank yeah. you so much. It's nice to touch base a bit it again. It's been a few years. It has, but it's funny. It feels like just yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so why don't you give, we'll start with just a brief description of what Reiki is and how you became and why you became involved in the study. So for the people who aren't, for listeners who aren't familiar with it, can you just tell us very briefly what Reiki is? Sure. Um, it's commonly called the laying of the hands. And really what it is, is you're, you're sort of streaming universal life energy. And I know that sounds kind of woohoo but truthfully what it is, is it's just harnessing Reiki energy, uh, which means universal life force. And what that, uh, as a practitioner, what I do is I'm like a little cosmic garden hose. So the energy is flowing through me and um, providing that uh, healing for uh, the people who come to me for a Reiki treatment, um, whether it's or whether I'm doing it in a distance. Uh, It's a wonderful modality. Uh, This is my 27th year of doing it, and I'm still amazed by the gentle power of the energy. So you're basically, you're acting like a booster, is that correct, for to get other people's energy moving again in a more flowing direction? Well, in a way, yeah. I mean, basically, um, when, you th- when you think about in today's world, you're streaming something that you're watching on TV, you're sort of pulling it from the ethers, and you're streaming that to have that something be a reality with what you're watching on TV. The energy is kind of similar. So what I'm doing is I'm allowing the universal life energy to flow through me, through my hands. And from there, I'm taking my hands and placing them on uh, a client and they're receiving the universal life energy through me. So I'm like the streaming device. Hmm. 
So why did you become involved in the study of this? I found most people, you know, as a child didn't think, oh, hey, I'm going to study a healing practice. There was usually some type of catalyst in their life. So what got you involved in the study of uh, healing energy? Well, it was interesting. I was at a picnic. This was many years ago in Edmonton. And a friend of mine walked up to me and said, you look like hell. (laughs) And I said, um, thanks. She said, I just learned about this thing called energy healing called Reiki. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. And she said, I would love to give you a treatment. So I said, well, okay. So later that week, I went to her office and laid down on the massage table and, you know, fully clothed. And I had my little blanket on and it was nice and comfy. And I trusted her, but I wasn't sure what the process was. So when I laid down, instead of closing my eyes totally, I had one eye kind of open just to kind of see what was going on there. And she said, about halfway through, I'm going to ask you to roll over. So the next thing I know, she's gently nudging me going, Lisa, it's time to roll over. And I said, what do you mean? You you just started. She said, that was 35 minutes ago. Hmm. She finished the treatment. I got up from the table. I looked at her and I said, I have to know how to do this. And she said, my Reiki master is coming. And I didn't know what that was. But she said... Um, she's coming this weekend. I said, sign me up. And that's, yeah, and that's really what started. But the interesting thing, this was probably, I don't know how many years later, we're talking like many, many years later, 15 maybe, um, I was at my parents' house and uh, I was back in the attic and there were some of my things there. And as a kid, I never doodled because I wasn't very good at it. And but I had like notebooks from grade school and high school. And so I pulled these out. And the only thing that I ever doodled was the first Chokure Reiki symbol. I love it. Isn't that amazing? I, I mean, got it, shivers. Yeah. yeah. The whole thing of time is a little bit of an illusion. Yeah, exactly. Very, very interesting. So... I believe in the mid-90s, was it the mid-90s or the late 90s, you tenaciously pushed (laughs) until, (laughs) I remember, until you um, were able to begin a study with the Cross Cancer Institute on Reiki and pain management. Is that correct? It is. It was 1993. And my sister Patty had cancer. So I was at the Cross Cancer Institute a fair bit. And there was one particular day... Um, I was looking around and there were so many people there and they were just suffering. And I had my hand on Patty, whose her breast cancer had spread to bone, so it was pretty well everywhere. And I remember looking around thinking, Reiki could help these people. So we it was our turn to go in for the doctor's visit, and the doctor commented on how low-dose pain medication and her mobility was good and what was going on and Patty says well I do meditation and Lisa does Reiki and the doctor said hold that thought and went and grabbed as many little people in white coats as so Lisa we're breaking up yeah We're about to go to break, and when we come back, uh, I would like to find out a little bit more about that um, study that you did. That's fascinating. Kudos to you and the Cross Cancer. So when you come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what the results were. Sounds great. All right. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. 
For more information, go to katherinepotter.ca. That's katherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit katherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit katherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, we're talking to Lisa Fontanella, who is a Reiki practitioner and also works with gemstones and jewelry. And so, Lisa, before we went to break, um, you were telling us about the study you did with the Cross Cancer Institute back in the mid-90s. So, first off, again, kudos to you and to the Cross Cancer Institute that they were willing uh, to be able to do a study, you know, a few decades ago in re- regards to pain management and Reiki. So tell us a little bit more about that study. What evolved? How did it turn out? Well, being naive is a lovely thing. Yes. Because I went to the director of nursing and I tried to put together information on Reiki. And back then there was no internet or any Reiki studies. So I put together this sort of lame page and a half on therapeutic touch and anything I could think of, basically. And I made an appointment with the director of nursing, and I sat in front of her and I said, Reiki really works. You should do something, Kay. (laughs) Literally, that's how naive I was. And she looked at me and she went, okay. And she introduced me to Dr. Karen Olson, who was uh, the coordinator of nursing research at that time at the Cross Cancer Institute. And I met with Karen. She was intrigued. And together, we pioneered two Reiki studies. Uh, And again, yeah, you're right. Kudos to the cross because they took it on blind faith in my being naive and passionate that they backed two studies for me. And so Karen and I got together. The first study, it was just 20 people anywhere that had pain. And I did one treatment on them. And again, this was scientific. So I had the research assistant and I knew nothing about anybody. And 17 out of 20 people had significant decrease in pain after one treatment. Hmm. The, the other three had a decrease in pain. But the, what they all had in common is that they had been in chronic pain for 20 years or more. Hmm. So that set the stage for the second study which was for people uh, who are end-stage cancer patients. So anybody who was not receiving chemo or radiation, so their treatments were behind them, and they were just on pain management. And we did 24 people. Uh, The study took almost two and a half years because um, people needed to be cognizant of what was going on. And on pain medication, it was pretty tenuous whether they were or they weren't. But we had 24 solid people. Uh, It solidly showed decrease in the amount of pain breakthrough medications. But what got me and what I was most proud of is it showed that it increased their quality of life. And I was blown away to find out that Reiki also stays in the body for four days. Hmm. Isn't that that amazing? That is just amazing. 
Yeah, I was blown away. I mean, the results were even better than what I expected. Very nice. I mean, I know from getting different types of body work done, it never is just what happens at that moment on the table. I noticed the ripple effect for days. Mm -hmm. So pretty amazing. So then you left Edmonton after a while. And, you know, for listeners, you are from the States and was living in Canada for a while, but you ended up heading back to the States. And then lo and behold, all these years later, (laughs) I'm looking on social media and you have gotten quite involved in um, jewelry and rocks and making jewelry Mm -hmm. with gemstones. Yeah. So, hey, so (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the children's book, which I had a chance to see and is just brilliant. I think it's probably as much for adults as it is for children. (laughs) Um, but tell me a little bit, um, how did you come to uh, explore gemstones and rocks? Well, it started as a kid. I loved rocks, big rocks, little rocks, dirty rocks, clean rocks. It made no difference. And my poor mother, I would be dragging rocks home all the time. And I never really understood what my fascination was with rocks. I just knew I loved them. So fast forward many years, it was when I first met you, actually, was at Ascendant Books in Edmonton. And when I worked there, I was introduced to, oh, yeah, rocks have properties. And I was like, wow, this is cool. They have properties. So that sort of set the stage for me. I couldn't get enough information and I would touch the rocks and I could feel the energies and it really opened a whole different world for me. So when I left Edmonton and I moved to Nova Scotia, that's when I decided I'm going to put all of my rock background into designing metaphysical jewelry. So in 2010, I started Little Sprout Creations and it it took off. I, well, I all of the designs that I make are researched, so and they're themed. So, for example, a gem, the bracelet could be joy. All of the gemstones have something to do with the energy of joy, and it evolved. I have zodiac bracelets, and I've designed a lot of different things, and that sort of helped me to expand the knowledge that I had about gemstones and rocks and further enhance the properties of that. Um, and it's just a delight. It's quite a joy. So something that I start, had was a little itty-bitty kid to now when I'm not so itty-bitty, um, it really stuck mm. with me. So do it, so isn't that often the case, right? Yeah, something oh, that becomes sure. a passion when we're older, we had an inclination for when we're younger. Mm-hmm. So do you think, uh, you know, I've played a little bit with, gemstones over the years um do you think people are responding in some in some part to the color of the gemstones i think that's part of it i think we're visual creatures so i think a lot of times we look at a gemstone and if it's big and it's pretty and it's shiny we tend to sort of gravitate toward those initially but a lot of times, and I used to do this at Ascendant, when people were kind of struggling with what gemstone, I would have them close their eyes and hold out their hand. And I would put the gemstone in their palm and I would say, okay, just kind of zone in on your palm and how does that feel? How does mm-hmm. that feel with the gemstone? And then they would pick whichever one based on the energy of the gemstone. And a lot of times they were surprised because it wasn't the big, pretty pink one. It was kind of this rough brown one for whatever reason. So color matters to a lot of it. But a lot of times it's the energy of the stone that really chooses us, I believe. If you're Mm -hmm. kind of open to it, it, you really get your benefit out of it. And I think I think you're right. Obviously, we're giving a nice little uh, free advertising here to Ascendant Books, which is in Edmonton and has been a bookstore, a metaphysical bookstore, and they sell crystals and gemstones since the early 80s. As mm-hmm. stores have come and gone, it has endured. But that's the nature of Edmonton, too. It's got some really amazing um 
people in the city. But I remember when I used to uh, have an office at the back of Ascendant and they would be coming in and buying crystals and that. And I would have to leave the room after a few minutes. It yeah. was just too much of mm-hmm. so many crystals in the same place, you know, because somebody would be coming in and and laying out all of these for the owner um, to purchase. So, yes, energetically, there's definitely something there. So, so, so you went from um, playing a little bit more uh, with gemstones and crystals and started to design jewelry mm-hmm. and then <laughs> have ended up writing like a really, really great children's book. I believe it's called Crystal Quest. Is that correct? It's Crystal's Quest, an adventure into the world of gemstones. Crystal's Quest, because the character's name is Crystal, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, I've got so many questions about it (laughs) because I, I just love I loved what you did with it and um, how you brought in the properties of gemstones and rocks and how you brought in rocks as anchors and you brought in all cool things. So first off, tell me what got you started with writing this book. Well, it's one of those things that you just don't expect. Um, I had kind of had an idea about doing a book for kids, but actually it was going to be more of just an informational book about, you know, you look up a gemstone and whatever. And it kind of morphed over the years because I would go to rock and gem shows and I would look at kids from little itty bitty wee people all the way up to teenagers and they were just fascinated with rocks. And I thought, you know, this is, there's something to this. And I was watching a TV program, and it was about some of the issues that kids are facing now, which to me is quite heartbreaking. You know, the peer pressure and depression and all of those types of things. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write a book that can, kids can relate to, that it's not just about gemstones in their there's actually a lot of issues that kids are facing right now. So I thought that was really important to have that because I wanted kids to have a tool, something that they could use. So if they're feeling sad, then they could use a particular gemstone or if they're getting peer pressure. Um, and so I wanted it to be educational, but I also wanted it to be something that um kids could wrap their arms around and, and use it sort of like as a friend. You know, if I'm getting pressured from somebody, um, maybe there's something that I could do. And in the book, there's the gemstones, but there's also Crystal, the lead character, has a journal. And it explains how she feels about things and some of her struggles. And I thought that was important because that way kids would have a character that they could relate to. And also encourage them to journal, right? Encourage them to write down um, Mm -hmm. what they're feeling, even if they're younger or older, to write down what they're feeling. So it's interesting because when I looked at the book, I thought, oh, Lisa has gone from healing touch to touch stones because you also (laughs) are getting them to use um, those gemstones as an anchor, which I thought was really brilliant. And so... So you're saying that there, you know, you had them look at uh, the book um, is about social issues mm-hmm. and also, you know, getting the children to identify and write down what they're feeling about, which is really great. Uh, but there's actually quite a bit more to it than that, which I, I thought there were some clever things you brought into it. And so uh, we're going to break Um, But when we come back, uh, I would like you to talk a little bit more about how it also became uh, a lesson in geology and geography and the history of gemstones. I thought that was really clever, the way you tied all that in together. So we're about to break. When we come back, Lisa's going to tell us more about Crystal's quest, Crystal being one of the main characters, and Noodle. And she'll tell us a little bit more about the... uh, Many, many teaching, many teachings that um, happen with this book. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm speaking with uh, Lisa Fontanella, who is a Reiki practitioner and also author of a children's book, Crystal's Quest, and which talks about children's issues, um, using gemstones as touchstones. I keep using I keep using that phrase because I think about them as an anchor. So, Lisa, uh, tell me a little bit more about the book, because there are the children's issues in it. They, there is the introduction to the stones. But what I thought was interesting is there was a component of geology and geography and history. So tell us a little bit about that. I was really clear with what I wanted in the book, which was to have the science component of the gemstones as well. And so what I did for each of the gemstones in the chapter, but gemstones in general, is I wanted to have the geology. So I looked at geology sites and geology books and anything that I went, oh, cow, I didn't know that, Hmm. went in the book. So, like the gemstone opal was found on Mars. I thought that was really cool. Okay, I did not know that. So, those are the kinds of things that I I thought was important to bring in the, the, the actual science of it. And then I took it one step further and I thought, okay, so I did research on the particular gemstone and where in the world. So, I picked one of the locations and then I added a little piece on geography. So what is Brazil like? What is Australia? Um, so a little bit about all of that information. And then there's a lot of history with gemstones. Uh, one of the gemstones in the book is chrysocolla. Well, Cleopatra used to wear chrysocolla all the time because she believed that it helped her to be a peacekeeper. When the troops around her were warring, she was she always had Chrysocolla with her. So I wanted it to be a well-rounded book. The, you know, the more the metaphysical piece of it with the properties of the gemstones, but I really wanted it to be balanced in terms of the actual science piece of it. And the, all in the last pages of each of the chapters is that information and then there's also a bookmark that the kids can cut out it's got the picture of the gemstone a little bit of the properties the picture of the character for that gemstone Um, and I wanted it to be fun as well Um, 
the other component in the book is I know that there's kids that sometimes struggle right reading and it's not really enjoyable to them so the actual chapters the fonts so the text there's parts of it that are different colors or that are kind of fun because I wanted it to be inviting and enticing for maybe kids that aren't reading is not their thing but that it would and you know they'd be inspired to read it as well so there were a lot of different components to this book that I really wanted to give it as a tool for kids. Something fun, but also funny. Um, Noodle, who is a beagle and was actually written after my sister's dog, Gunny. And he's the comic relief in the book, mm. but he also embodies compassion and a lot of things that the kids can relate to as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I did all of these components very much on purpose. So what is the age range of the book? Well, it's funny because originally it was going to be eight to nine-year-olds. But I have heard from six-year-olds and 12-year-olds that love the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, my graphic designer, Kendra, her daughter, Lily, who is six, would be so excited about the book and she would learn and stretch her vocabulary with the book. Um, and then my uh, illustrator, I think it's her niece, tw- who's 12, loved the book. So what I thought was like a 7 to 11 you know, like I said, between 6 and 12, I've got people that are, you know, letting me know how much they enjoy it. Very nice. And obviously a good book for a parent or uh, um, anybody really to read to a child who's a bit younger if the language is, you know, too complex for them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I like it. So, I love your characters, Crystal and Noodle. (laughs) (laughs) So, um. Before I forget, Mm. your book was nominated for, tell me a little bit of what it was nominated for. Well, it it was quite interesting, and I am um, blown away. Um, It actually won the finalist award uh, for the Children's Mind, Body, Spirit category at the 2019 International Book Awards. Very I, nice. I was blown away. Oh, my gosh. I was emotional. Holy cow. I did not. I, I was just so honored by that because, I, you know, I'm sure internationally they get a lot of entries. Um, and for Crystal and Noodle to be able to say that they're the finalists in there, it's it's quite amazing. Yeah, that's very powerful. And your first book, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Pretty impressive. Good for you. So do you think we're going to find that book in children's libraries? And I know, I know we'll talk at the end about where people can find it, but Mm -hmm. are you trying to get it into, when I say children's libraries, I'm talking about libraries in schools and... I am. That's been the interesting challenge. Um, I've donated books to, you know, where I'm living. And I was really pleased to hear through social media that a lot of people were buying a book maybe for their grandchild or their child, but they were also buying another book that they would donate to the libraries. So I'm working on getting things, uh, getting the book into schools. Um, The book just came out March 31st. So trying to let people know about it. um, I would love to have that in schools because I think, again, the gemstone piece of that, but it's also got the the science and geology piece in there, I think would be a a useful tool um, to inspire. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. So have you got using the same characters if you got a second book in your mind I do um yeah actually it's funny because the um the second book is going to be a little bit more on mindfulness it's still going to be crystal and noodle and um some of the other issues that are coming up is um i thinking about active listening so there's going to be a hyper squirrel who interrupts everybody and doesn't Mm. listen to anybody 
And then there's going to be a Highland Pony, the ones that have the little itty-bitty legs, and trying to keep up with the other horses and comparing himself. And Noodle is going to save the day on that. More to come. Uh, And then a thoughtful donkey. And so everybody (laughs) thinks that the donkey is stubborn, but he just doesn't want to react right away. He wants to think things through versus saying something or doing something that he might regret. So those are the, the, some of the characters that are percolating in my head at this point, and uh, there'll be more to come for sure. Oh, it sounds fascinating. Time frame? Are we talking a year out? or? Um, I'm hoping probably the same time next year, so I'm thinking probably early spring. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait for it. So, you know, I, I keep hearing some things you talk about, you know, whether it be not being able to listen or, you know, trying to keep up with the other kids, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I think so many of these issues are um, adult issues too. Yeah. So I don't know, Lisa, I'm thinking maybe it wouldn't, it would be good for the adults to go out and grab a book and you know, play with some of these ideas also. Now okay. you, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm just asking this. I'm not sure. So originally the book has sold as the book, but are you not adding the stones that you mentioned in the book? Um, I am. To the, so is it, it can be bought separately or with them? Correct. Yeah. I got a lot of feedback because originally the, the book um, that I would sell on my website And when I would go and do in-person, whether a book signing or whatever, a holistic show, I always brought the gemstones. And there was such a big response to that. And I thought, you know, I I would be doing people a service to be able to offer both. So, yeah, so that's it's it's been exciting that way. Um, Yes, because I'm surrounded by more gemstones, which is lovely. Um, Mm -hmm. But to be able to to send them out to folks, it's it's been quite a blessing on that. So, yeah, you're right. I have added that to the repertoire. I think that's a great idea. Not everybody wants to go out and search for the gemstones or they may not have that type of store readily available. So I think that's a really good idea. So, yeah, there you go. I have given that my stamp of approval. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) So... Did you want to mention uh, a couple of the stones, now just taking it away from um, the children's book for a second, did you want to mention a couple of the stones and the properties, uh, you know, and, and what you would say they are good for? Because as adults, again, I think it's not a bad idea. I, I know sometimes with my um, with my clients where I'm encouraging them to use something as an anchor. So they're anchoring in either an affirmation or a thought with, you know, something that's meaningful for them. And a stone is pretty easy to put in our pocket, isn't it? So um, why don't you mention, we'll probably have time before break for one or two and a couple more when we come back. So just give us, first off, hold, 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 hold two (laughs) seconds. Why don't you start with your favorite? Do you have a favorite stone? (laughs) Catherine, you're killing me here. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have an obsession with calcite. I don't know why. I think it's truly an obsession. Um, I would probably say orange calcite. And it's actually put it in the book, too. Um, I couldn't help myself. I just could not help myself. So I will go. I'll do that one first, actually. And orange calcite is for joy confidence and creativity Hmm. and I like that stone because it's a happy stone because it's nice and orange and it looks really nice and I actually used that in the book um, for quackers the duck now quackers is uh, noodles best friend and quackers is struggling with um, sadness and feels uncomfortable sharing feelings so that was one of the the books the gemstone sorry that I highlighted in the book um one of the other ones uh was the gemstone mukite and mukite is for confidence hope and communication what is the color of it 
it is sort of multicolored. It's quite interesting. There's a little bit of yellows and browns um, and a dark pink. Um, it's really quite fascinating. And um, that was used for the character Heather, who is a highly sensitive cow who has been shunned by the other brown cows because she's different. So okay. that was a good tool. I've got to tell you, I would have loved this book as a child. We're yeah. about to head to break. <laughs> and when we come back, Lisa's going to give us a couple of more of her top favorites. I love how you're bringing that into the characters and the qualities that it would be good for. So let's take our break. And when we come back, stay tuned for more tips on stones to use. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to katherinepotter.ca. That's katherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit katherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit katherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to Lisa Fontanella, who's been talking to us about the wonderful property of gemstones and how not just as children, um, but that even as adults, we can use them for our pocket, the colors of them, the energy of them, maybe even a bowl full of beautiful rocks on the table in, you know, to Keep us connected to something that we're trying to work with. So, Lisa, before break, you gave us a couple of uh, your favorites. Give us a couple more. I'd be happy to. Uh, One of the other gemstones in the book is called Chrysocolla. And it's kind of a bluey green. It's quite pretty, actually. Um, And it sort of looks like if you were to look at the Earth from space, this is sort of what the gemstone looks like. And Chrysocolla is for creativity, confidence, and bravery. And the character in the book, Squawk, who's a very loud parrot, and Squawk was told that he loves to sing, loves to sing, but he was told that he wasn't very good, and he's really, really loud. So he's chosen not to use his voice. Hmm. And Noodle helps him with that. Noodle kind of nudges them along and they actually do a, a duet in the book to encourage him squawk to, to use his voice and to do what he loves um, another gemstone in the book is selenite which is kind of a milky white color it's quite pretty and that's for confidence believing in yourself and making up your own mind and in the book there's Shelley the turtle And the other turtles love to swim and love the water. And Shelly's not too keen on that. She much prefers hanging out on a rock. So this is a story about peer pressure. And Mm. 
feeling the pressure of all of the, um, you know, the turtles pushing at her, let's come into the water, come into the water. And she uses selenite to make a decision at the end of the chapter. So those so are holding her own ba- holding her own boundaries, right? Making exactly. sure that she is ready and not just because everybody says jump, so she's going to jump. That's exactly right. Okay, so Lisa, yes. again, this sounds an awful lot to me like things that adults need to learn. <laughs> well, and it's it's so interesting to me because I've been getting feedback from folks all over and I'm so blessed with that. And they say, "Oh yeah, the kids love it, and I do too, and there's big exclamation points, and they're just really excited about it, and it's a good conversation starter for a parent with a child, but you're right, a lot of the parents are kind of looking at things in a little bit different way as well. So, away from the book for a moment, mm-hmm. um, would those ones that you mentioned be the top ones to maybe just for everybody to have around their house and pop one in their pocket if they're about to, for example, go to a meeting that they feel a little bit intimidate, exactly. intimidated about speaking mm-hmm. up with or the peer pressure of adults or peer pressure for teenagers? You know, again, I'm going to give you another project. I think <laughs> there could be an interesting book here for teenagers. You know, age age appropriate for teenagers and all the things that come with being a teenager, you know, the mm. peer pressure and gossiping and bullying yeah. and, oh, yeah. you know, being our own selves. So, yeah. wow, I, I just, I, I can keep you busy just right this probably. Is, this is awesome. I, I'm, yeah, I'm adding it to my list right now. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> so, but it does sound to me like the, they might just be fun things to keep around the house. I'm curious, when you were studying um, Reiki, did you ever have gemstones with you? Rocks? All the, or t- all the time. Oh, okay. okay. All the time. Yeah. And it was funny. Um, at one point, I was um, a counselor for at-risk teenagers. And in my office, I had a large chunk of smoky quartz and it just sat there I never said anything about it and inevitably when kids were struggling and they they were just really having a hard time they would just grab it and hang on to it for the whole mm. time that they were in with me and it, it just gave them a grounding and it gave them comfort and I thought that was really quite interesting for that, that they would just kind of gravitate toward that with me not saying a word, not even pointing it out. They just automatically felt that they had to grab that and to get what they needed. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so let's get first off the full title of the book. It's Crystal's Quest, an Adventure into the World of Gemstones. Okay, and how do people go about finding it? Um, on my website, it's lisafontanella.com. And for folks that are in other um, countries, Amazon Worldwide carries it. So you just go onto your Amazon site that you would normally go to, um, and it's available. Um, and it's also available uh, at Barnes & Noble as well. So okay. there's, there's a few options. And one of the things that I noticed on your website is you had all these cool flags so people could just click on the flag mm-hmm. for their country to find the Amazon that would um, be affiliated. So that was yeah. very clever. You're teaching Thanks. adults too. Yes, <laughs> I like that. And then Lisa, if people want to contact you, what's your email address? Uh, they can contact me at lisa at crystal series. That's one word. Dot rocks. All right. And Lisa, L-I-S-A, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so any last minute uh, tips that you want to give us before we... I, I just think to, to share it with people that you care about. You yes. know, it's just, there's, there's so much to be gained from the book that I think people, um, if, if a, a child likes it, maybe they think of giving that as a birthday present to their best friend. 
that they can talk about the rocks together and share and learn about it together um, and, and sort of sort of spread that knowledge um, with other people um, and for parents and grandparents to have conversations with their their kids and grandkids about some of the social issues and some of the things that they're facing and hopefully the kids will will open up a little bit. Very nice, because I think then parents and grandparents and anybody can say, you know what, adults experience this too. So thank you, Lisa, so much. Uh, Your information is really valuable, very much needed in our world. And um, you wrote a book in a very engaging way. And I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your information with us. Oh, it's been an honor and uh, absolute joy, Catherine. Thank you for having me. All right, so everybody, next week, my guest will be Lori Zott Rogers, and we are going to delve into the fascinating world of dreams and personal and universal dream archetypes. Until then, for the next week, maybe we should begin to notice our response to different life forms, the purring of a cat, the feel of quietly petting a dog, the energy of trees and plants, the sounds of water, the sight of the sun, the moon, the stars. Or maybe it's time for us to pick up a rock or gemstone and notice how the color makes you feel. There's so many ways we have an opportunity to both use our five senses to appreciate the things in nature and the life forces around us, and then to begin to tap into the more subtle senses. And so not necessarily our eyesight, but our insight and how the things around us are affecting us on an energy level and in some ways, being in nature, just allowing a natural healing to occur. So this week, take the time to shut down, turn everything off, and just allow yourself to enjoy all the delicious things in nature. So you have a really good week. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.